0: Hello, August I suppose I'm in here alone again Ugh, you really want me to state my designation? No I'm Daphne I'm not referring to myself in any other way And ever the professor Of course you left me some homework Daphne, for this next session, please speak about your process when painting Prophecy. Do not be afraid to delve into technical detail and do not leave anything out. It is imperative that we understand the inner workings of your blah 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 blah... I'm not talking about that. If you want to know how to paint, August, find a tutor. Or better yet, you know who really knows how to paint? My friend Adeline. You know her, of course, August. She, oh, for any of your lackeys who have been living under a rock for the past 30 or so years, Adeline May is the heiress of May Imports. And May Imports also happens to be owned by the second wealthiest family in the city. She and I happen to learn from the same mentors We went to the same summer boarding school for the arts and attended the same prestigious school as Lydia before we all went our separate ways academically in our late teens Adeline is a wonderful artist I'm sure you'd learn more from her than you would from me I've never been much of a teacher though there was one thing she never quite got the hang of her art lacks a certain something no I'm not talking about prophecy Apparently I'm the only one cursed with that. Her paintings are technical and precise, beautiful even, but what she lacks in her art is that sense of whimsy, that inner charisma and presence that makes one stop and stare. Which is odd, because she herself has that in spades. When was the last time I saw her? I think it was... It was at Lydia's memorial service. It happened a week or so after her belongings from overseas were buried. After the grave was prepared, it was just us there. Her parents, you, and me. Hauntingly quiet, save for the sobs of your mother and the occasional catch in my breath. Every moment spent there felt like an eternity. Just one more moment that both of us would spend without her. I still remember her memorial service far too well. You told me not to wear black for it. It wouldn't have been right. Wouldn't have suited her memory. I wore her favorite color instead. And so did you. Your pocket square matched the bundle of tiger lilies we brought for her, sitting in the vase at the center of the meeting hall. Like all of the friends' meetings, most of it was spent in silence. Occasionally, someone would stand and offer their memories of Lydia or talk about how thankful they were to God for the gift of her life and presence. It truly was a gift, and it was one I would be forever thankful to have had in my life. Your father had told me back when I attended my first meeting with Lydia and your parents that I didn't need to feel pressured to speak in the hall. He told me I could speak if I felt moved to, but that it wasn't a requirement. Any words I had would be ministry enough, and in this case would pay tribute. But here, here I didn't think I had the courage to speak at all. I could have talked about her all day if I had. But speaking about it made it all feel final. We sat by your devastated parents. Your mother was inconsolable and your father tried his best to be strong for her. A pillar she could lean against in those lucid moments of being so sure that she'd lost her daughter, and in the short-lived moments of confusion, wondering where Lydia had gone. And all I saw in your father's eyes was the weight of realization that she was really, truly gone. The bright spot in his life, in all of our lives, had been snuffed out as easily as a lit candle in a weak breeze. I tried to be the same sort of strong for you as I held your hand during the meeting. I still remember how tightly you held it, as if I were an anchor keeping you present. I ran a thumb against your hand and looked at you. The expression there was one I hadn't seen you wear before. That mix of despondency and despair. It broke my heart more than it already had been, to see the man I loved so shattered. Though tears fell from my eyes, still I knew I had to be strong. For you. I don't remember when but eventually I noticed someone else sitting next to me, all high fashion and expensive, cloying perfume. She carried herself with an unapproachable, untouchable air, but softened when her eyes met mine. It was Adeline. She whispered something quick to me, some sort of condolence, and took my other hand in both of hers. I thought it was nice of her to be there. She and Lydia weren't especially close, but she had gone to school with her and I suppose she knew just how close Lydia and I were. Part of me wondered if she had come just to support me. When the meeting ended, we all shook hands with the people that attended, as was customary. Adeline was one of the first to leave, shaking our family's hands and pulling me into a hug after shaking mine. She said to me, half muffled by my shoulder, that she would check in with me sometime soon to see how I was doing. We went home that night after spending some time with your parents and the quiet never left. It shrouded us like a funeral pole. It was as if we had no idea what to say to each other. Like the grief swallowed up all the words we could have spoken, gripped hard around our throats and let only air escape. I didn't know what else to do, so I pulled you close. Held you tightly to try and keep your pieces together. Maybe that was the permission you needed to finally feel what you'd been holding in. Both of us sank to the floor under the weight of our grief, letting out every tear we held at bay for the sake of appearing strong. Maybe that was permission enough for me, too, to finally feel that piercing pain of losing someone to such senseless violence, someone I loved so dearly. At that moment, I feared Lydia's advice on grief would be ineffective on her own death. My mind raced as I thought about that first lesson of hers, acknowledge the pain, And I could tell as we held each other, from the shaking sobs in my shoulders to the trembling in yours, that this pain would be shared and all-encompassing. It would destroy us. Individually, and together, if we let it. I had no idea how we were going to get through it. And looking back at it now, I suppose I was right. We didn't. Not together, at least. A few days after the memorial ceremony, we spent the morning separately. You were locked away in your study. I was pressing and drying some of the tiger lilies while sorting through a box of Lydia's keepsakes, given to me by your father. I was stopped by a scrapbook in the bottom of the box. I knew she kept one. Most every picture we'd taken together was followed by her saying she would put it in there. But I had never seen it until now. She had a sentimental streak to her, so it was no surprise she kept a lot of mementos from her life in it. The first few pages were of her and your parents at various Quaker events, doing community outreach. She was like you, not really a believer like your parents were, but she saw it as a great opportunity to help people in need. The caption she put underneath each photograph said it all. The next pages were all of me and her. A couple of photographs from school events, another set from parties and get-togethers, some from the time my family took her on a two-day cruise. Some pictures of us backdropped against a beautiful open sea. The last few were of me playing piano at the City Performing Arts Center. She was always so proud of me for realizing my dream of playing piano for others. I remember getting a little choked up at what she'd written beside the picture. I finally caught a glimpse of some pictures of you and her on family vacations. Of her beating you at chess and the look on your face. I'm so glad she caught that on film. There were also a few photographs from your old boxing days, and one from the time I was invited along to watch. I noticed there were a few more pages, several completely devoted to our wedding. She was such a a bug that day. And I figured you might want to sit with me and reminisce. So I closed the book, took it under an arm. I was nearly halfway up the stairs when the doorbell rang. I've got it! I heard Barnaby's footsteps change direction as soon as he heard me. With the book still under my arm, I answered the door. True to her word, Adeline May was at our doorstep. Oh, Adeline, it's so good to see you again. My
1: dear, sweet Daphne, don't sound so surprised. I did tell you I'd be checking in on you, remember? It's lovely to see you too.
0: Of course, my apologies. I've just been wrapped up in things here. You're welcome in, Let let me move some of this stuff out of the way.
1: That would be wonderful, thank you.
0: Hmm. No husband today? He's in his study. We have plans for the evening, but I thought it best to give him a little space.
1: I was going to say, you wouldn't want to be all alone in this little house at a time like this, would you, Dee? You're always welcome to stay with me, you know.
0: It's no Kilgallen manor, I know, but it's home. I appreciate your concern and your hospitality, Addie. Speaking of, would you like anything to drink? I can have Barnaby fetch you something. Oh, no.
1: No, no. No, my sweet Daphne. I'm here to check on you. How have you been?
0: (sighs) I'm doing as well as I can. Grieving is difficult, even after the practice I've had with it.
1: I remember. Your family was such an unfortunate loss. Both for you and for the industry. And I'm sorry I didn't do more to support you then. seemed like you were well taken care of despite that.
0: It was nice of the Howards to take me in after all of that. Certainly something they didn't have to do, but it helped. Thank you for coming to the memorial service. It meant a lot to see you there.
1: Oh, of course. When I saw the obituary in the paper, I just knew you would be devastated. I wanted to lend my support. And offer you a place to grieve in these trying times. I think,
0: eventually, I'll be fine. It's really Augie I'm worried about. I need to be here for him.
1: It was your loss, too, wasn't it? Weren't you very fond of her? I don't see why you should be the one who has to be there for that man. And not the other way around. Now, don't go neglecting yourself. You're all give and no take sometimes. It's troubling.
0: If I can help him even a little, I want to. Lydia was his confidant, and he's never been very good with his emotions all on his own. (sighs) You really should spend more time with him. I think you'd get along well. You and Augie are actually quite similar in some ways.
1: If I loved you any less, my darling, my sweet Daphne, I would be mortally offended. If you really thought so, you ought to have married me instead.
0: (laughs) It's a little soon to be joking about that, isn't it? You just recently lost.
1: Oh, I did. And it was tragic, really. The May heiress marrying the heir to the Coleman Fortune would have served my family well. But I suppose life gives, and life takes away in equal measure. Now, Dee, really? Hmm? The painting on your mantle. You recognize it? It's from our painting exchange. It was only a couple of months ago.
0: Oh, you did lovely work on that seascape. There were elements you captured in your work that I didn't think to feature.
1: I can't believe you kept it up. And after all this time.
0: Of course. I've always wanted to own one of your pieces. That's partly why I suggested we paint the same scene and exchange them.
1: And in such a prominent place near the little house. It's not like you have that many walls to put art up on. I'm honored.
0: It's pleasant to look at, and it's by a friend. Why wouldn't I hang it in a place of pride? Do you still have mine, by any chance?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I, I keep it upstairs. Now, yours had a. Well, it had a gloomy, sort of stormy feeling to it that I thought would really complement the decor in one of the studies. I have wondered, what made you decide to paint it so differently?
0: Hmm, I'm not sure. It just sort of came to me like that, I suppose. You know how it can be sometimes, when the inspiration is just so great that it pours through your fingertips and into the paintbrush.
1: Oh, (laughs) my... Sweet Daphne, you don't truly believe that art works that way, do you? I thought the objective was simple. When you suggested it, I thought, well, we'll both paint the sea as we see it together on this cliffside. All we had to do was faithfully capture that. Not that I don't adore the liberties you took with yours. It's stunning, just like all of your work. I just think some of it is, well, it's unusual. That's all. If you
0: say so. I suppose every artist approaches their craft differently.
1: Well, I've seen a lot of artists, and it's nothing like I've seen in any of our peers, at the very least.
0: I don't see anything unusual about my process, but if it works, it works.
1: How interesting. Now say, what's that book
0: under your arm, Dee? Oh, just Lydia's old scrapbook. Uh, Here, would you like to see some of the pages? A part of me wondered what she meant by that. If the way I worked was really that out of the ordinary. If inspiration truly was something that was supposed to be intangible and not something felt deep at one's core. Pushing at the seams. Wanting to break free. A creative force that brooks no argument that art must be this and only this. As for why I feel it like this, I couldn't tell you, August. I must have always been sensitive to these otherworldly forces. Perhaps I've always been capable of being a mouthpiece for beings who cannot communicate any other way. I can't put a name to anything that does this. It doesn't communicate with me. Only through me, like I'm a translator. But now I wonder, as I think back on Addie's visit that day, if she meant more than, than she said. Why did I paint the seascape as stormy waves and not the sunshine and clear skies we saw together on the cliffs? What else had I hidden in the painting that I hadn't been aware of before now? Oh, God. Oh, God, no. I remember. August. August, you need to get that painting. You need to bring it here so I can see it again. Just to be sure. I think. I think if we knew, we could have. Maybe we could have done something. Oh, God. Oh, God, sorry. I'm so sorry. This is our, it's time to... Whoa. Whoa. What happened?